0: Hi, and welcome to Proverb Parables. Today, the topic of our short story is motives. Every deed has a driving force behind it. The two cannot be isolated. Both have equal importance. Each day, God takes our motives into account. They may be a hidden matter of the heart, but it will all be disclosed in time. Regardless of the beauty and extravagance of the gift given, these do not minimize the importance of why it was given. God is not in need of any offerings from those who haven't pledged their allegiance to him, and especially from those who brazenly wish to use it to their own advantage. He already knows the full scoop right up front. If what is offered to God is not done in the right spirit, it becomes unacceptable in his sight, and might as well not have been given at all. We can be very methodic and consistent in our spiritual offerings, and yet those acts of devotion are not adequate in and of themselves. This is because our performance matters little if not combined with sincerity. I am reminded of Cain and his brother Abel, who both brought a sacrifice of their own to God, yet God chose to only accept Abel's. Not because what he brought was more special, but because his heart was not filled with murderous hatred like Cain's was can have the appearance of innocence and goodwill, but something sinister can be propelling the deed, like selfish ambition. Are we doing our acts of righteousness just to be admired? Do we pray simply so we can get all the things out of God that we lust after, as if he were a gumball machine, a means to profit by? Or what if we serve him out of obligation, instead of the willingness of a lover? God is not impressed. Let's remain mindful that whatever we do is done for the right reasons. God evaluates all of it as Proverbs 21:27 points out. The sacrifice of the wicked is detestable, how much more so when brought with evil intent. One mystical night, a large caravan of men were traveling on Camelback across the desert plain. The rider in the middle of the procession was a prominent sheik, dressed in flowing robes of blue and purple cloth. All throughout the land, he was revered and highly respected for his wealth and power. For this journey, he was on his way to meet with a dignitary that he was good friends with, to discuss important matters. About midnight, They set up camp so they could rest, and then resume their travels by morning. Soon after lying down in his tent, the sheik was alerted that another caravan had been spotted approaching their camp by moonlight. Hastily dressing, he emerged from the tent, and by this time, a company of travelers had arrived at the site. Peace, said the chief rider, alighting from his camel. Slowly yet deliberately, he strode forward. What is your business here, you criminal?" The Traveler just arrived was also a Sheik himself, though not as wealthy by any standards. He was most known for his ruthless escapades, and anyone could easily identify him by the deep scar that ran down the side of his face. "'I come bearing gifts, friend,' the Traveler said in a deep voice. He presented an ornate wooden box, and something glinted in his eyes. Was that an evil sneer the sheik saw? It was hard to tell, for his turban partially obscured his features. Because the sheik was not as wealthy, it was understood that he was obliged to pay tribute to the man of greater rank. As he held out the box, the first sheik said, "'What makes you think I'd want your tokens or anything from you?' For anything given by such dirty hands was less than desirable." "'Just take it,' the traveler insisted. It's a gift." Still untrusting, the sheik reluctantly took it. The box itself was amazingly beautiful, with jewels embedded in all four corners and gold lining the edges. Ever so slowly, he lifted the lid and the contents, with an almost illuminating effect, were dripping with bronze and pearls and other costly items. But before the sheik had had time to drink in the majesty of what lay inside, One of his bodyguards cried, "'Danger in the box, my lord!' At that instant, the sheik flung it from him and dove for cover with his men. Seconds later, the box exploded, and the massive impact that followed seemed to shake the desert floor itself. Suddenly, all was deathly still, and smoke was rising from the place where they had pitched camp. "'What just happened?' the sheik said, trembling with rage. "'My lord,' one of his men replied, "'if I'm not mistaken, your death was imminent, for there is dynamite in the box.' "'Pursue that man at once,' the sheik ordered. "'He shall pay for this.' "'As they rose from where they had taken shelter, "'they saw that the tents where they had set up camp had vanished, "'and the camels that had been tethered to the trees nearby were now only charred skeletons.' A deep trench had been hollowed out in the desert floor where the explosion had detonated, but the rest of the luggage had been spared. To be sure, the sheik's death had been carefully planned that hot desert night, and the explosion would have done just enough damage to get the job done. But the plot had failed. Never again shall I accept tokens from such questionable villains, the sheik said to his men. Something about how he handed that box to me didn't seem right. Based on the dirty work he's known for, I didn't trust him to begin with. Well said, his bodyguard nodded.